Well, I hope that is your prayer. I hope that is your response. God has been faithful and He's been good to you. And now it is our opportunity to be faithful and to love our Lord. If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Acts in uh, chapter 8. There's a familiar story. Uh, matter of fact, this particular story Josh is using in his lesson uh, with the teenagers. So I'm going to kind of tie it all together this morning. Um, we've been talking about the last several weeks about a series entitled Be Like a Good Neighbor. Now, we've all heard it said that good fences make good neighbors. Well, I want to share to you, it's time that we break down the fences and become good neighbors. Amen. Amen? All right, so today I want to talk to you about the last part of this little mini-series, and it is to talk about facing our fear of sharing. You know, the truth of the matter is that all of us have some kind of fear, some kind of apprehension about sharing our faith. And uh, we're going to talk about two things this morning. First of all, what are those things that cause us to, uh, to be a little bit afraid to share our gospel uh, with, our, with our family, friends, and neighbors? Then I want to talk to you about why you shouldn't be afraid. Two things I want to share with you this morning. But if you have found your place, Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 26, I want to read through verse 38 with you this morning. So let's stand as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord together. In Acts chapter 8, Philip is uh, called upon by God to go and to share his faith with a stranger. Now, that's kind of what we're talking about. Sometimes we're called upon by God to go share our faith with strangers. Sometimes it's people that we know. Other times it's people that we don't know. But listen to the story of Philip and how he handles his call to share the gospel. Starting in verse 26, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way, going that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge over all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou that what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept what some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generations? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture uh, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart that thou mayest. And he answered, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both in the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized him. Father, we ask that as we now have heard the story, 
of how Philip was uh, told to go and share his faith and how he faithfully did. Lord, may we hear today what you have for us as we talk about why we might be afraid to share our faith and why we shouldn't be afraid to share our faith. I pray that you would cause us, O Lord, to be bold, to be willing to go out and to actually share with others what Jesus Christ, our Savior, has done for us. Taking us out of darkness and bringing us into His marvelous light. Taking a sinner and making Him into a saint. And Lord, leading us, Father, from the path of destruction unto a road of righteousness. Lord, I pray that, Father, that you would help us to be bold to share the good news with those who so desperately need it. Now, Father, move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross, that it not be my words, but your words, O Lord. And may you be glorified, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. The truth of the matter is, if you and I are a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I both have received the Great Commission. Well, we know what the Great Commission is. We've talked about that. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It says that we're to go into all the lands, into all the world, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and we're to make disciples. We're to share the gospel with those who don't know it. We're to commission ourselves into the work of the Lord and we're to go in commission with Him, meaning that He goes with us and He does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. But yet, we also talked about during this series the fact that not only is there the Great Commission, but there's the Great Commandment. In the Great Commandment, we are reminded that Jesus said, what are the two greatest commandments? He said to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the second, he said, is likened unto the first, that you love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor enough and you know that he's lost and he's not heading towards an eternity with God, if you love him enough, you're going to want to share the gospel with him. But if you really love him, you're going to share the gospel with him. Alright? There's a difference. We can love a lot of people and want to share the gospel with them, but the trueness of our love is when we share the gospel with them. So we've got the great commandment, we've got the great um, um, commission, and what do we do with that? Well, as every believer, we are all commanded by God to take that into the world. Jesus' instructions to His disciples is to go into all the world, but it wasn't just for his disciples. It wasn't just for the professional ministers. It was for everyone. And he tells us that the taking of the gospel is not just some people's job, it's every believer's job. That doesn't mean that sharing our faith is ever going to be easy. The harder the world is, the harder it is to share the gospel. In LifeWay's research, recently they found that 56% uh, who responded said they prayed for opportunities to evangelize. 56% of the people that they talked to said, I pray for opportunities to evangelize. We prayed at 9.30 this morning for that very thing, that you would have an opportunity to evangelize or to share your faith with somebody. But listen to this. But 55% of those same people hadn't shared their faith with anyone in the last six months. Yet, they had prayed for the opportunity, but they didn't take the opportunity. 
The difference between loving our neighbor and really loving our neighbor is not just praying about it, but going and doing it. And so we find that there are a lot of people who don't, that pray about it, but don't do it. Even though we often feel comfortable talking with our friends and our family about all kinds of different topics, we find that the hardest topic for us to share is our faith. It's the scariest for us. Whether it's with a family member, a co-worker, a friend, a neighbor, we seem to find that it's the scariest thing that we can do. Listen to this next video. I want to just share this little clip with you about uh, this very subject matter. So listen as they play this video. First, First of all, I'd remind people that it's not their job to save people. God's the one who does the work of saving, not us. Second, I've found that when I walk out in faith, the Spirit of God tends to give me the answers that I need. So don't, so don't try, try to overthink what you're going to say. Ask God to give you what you need to say in the moment. And, and historically, God has used lots of simple people, oftentimes very uneducated, to be the most powerful means by which he shares the gospel through. Because in those situations, he gets the glory and not us. So don't put your confidence in yourself. Put your confidence in him. state of evangelism today, the writer said, we found that 85% of all believers from the ages of 18 to 29 agree that they have some kind of responsibility to share the gospel with unbelievers. And out of that, 69% of those same people feel comfortable sharing their faith with others. However, only 25% of them look for ways to share the gospel and only 27% of them intentionally build relationships with lost people so they can have an opportunity to do just that. Ultimately, Stetzer found that while most Christians would affirm the importance of sharing the gospel, very few people actually are doing it. Today, I want to spend our time with you today sharing with you why we might be fearful about sharing the gospel with those that we know. And then, to take a few moments to share with you why we shouldn't. Why God has equipped us with everything that we need so we should not be afraid to share the gospel. So first of all today, what might bring about a fear to cause you not to share your faith? Why might we be afraid to share the gospel with people? God knows that to get over our fears, we need Him. He knows, and he says it over and over again, that the solution is not for you to buck up, to muster courage from the depths of your heart, to go and do it on your own, but simply to lean into him, into the peace and the strength that he provides. Even the Apostle Paul, in sharing the gospel, the great Apostle Paul asked many times through Scripture, pray for me that I might have the boldness to go and share the gospel. Pray for me that I might be able to share with them what they need. If the great apostle Paul understood the need for prayer, you and I need to know that what we need to do is not try to muster up in our own strength, but we need to cry out to God, God, give me the strength, give me the comfort, give me the peace, give me the boldness, and let others pray for you. So, 
Let me share a few things with you this morning. Reasons why I think that we might be afraid to share the gospel. First of all, we might say, I'm afraid that they're going to ask me a question that I can't answer. How many of us would say, that's probably one of my biggest fears. They're going to ask me something that I don't have the answer to. Well, I've got an answer for you this morning. For those of you that are struggling with that, there is an answer to that problem. Reading up on apologetics will probably make your brain hurt. However, it will give you an answer to some of those questions that might come up. But I can guarantee you that no matter how many books on apologetics you read, somebody's going to come up with a question that you're going to get that you're going to go, I don't know how to answer that. Okay? Apologetics does not guarantee that we will have every answer. The, the truth of the matter is, um, it's okay when somebody asks us a question that we can't answer and simply by saying, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. The Bible tells us this. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, Be ready always to give an answer to every man to ask you a reason of hope that is found in you. Now the Apostle Peter said, here's what you've got to do. You've got to be ready to give an answer. Now, but what did Peter really mean? Well, that doesn't mean that you have to have an answer to every objection or hypothetical question that somebody can think of. That's not what Peter was saying. You've got to know every stinking thing before you go out there. Don't you dare leave your house until you know all that they might ask you. That's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying is know your salvation well enough that you can give a reason for the hope that is found in you. Now what he's saying is that there are going to be times when you are going to get crazy questions, and I have had them over the years, sharing the gospel and have some knucklehead say, but what about this? And they come out with this weird question, and there is no answer to it. And so what you have to say simply is, you know, that's a great question for another time. Okay? And then go right back to sharing the gospel. Because what Satan wants to do is distract us with foolish questions to get us off track from what they really, really need to hear. If they have a question you can't answer off the top of your head, just tell them, I don't have an answer for you right now, but if you give me an opportunity to come back, I will look up and try to find an answer so we can talk about that next time. Now that gives us two things. Gives us an opportunity to come back and lets them know that we're not just making things up as we go along. We really want to tell them the truth. It's a very great way to answer that question. So if you're getting to the point where you say, my greatest fear is I don't have all the answers. Nobody does. Okay? Only God has some of all the answers. And sometimes he just says in Scripture, those are things that you don't need to know right now. Did you know the Bible says that in the Old Testament? It tells us that God has things that we don't need to know right now. Just come follow me and you'll find out later. Okay? The second one, I think that a lot of us struggle with is I struggle with my own faith. How in the world am I ever supposed to help somebody else come to faith? I haven't really gotten to the place where I've got a full handle on what it all means. 
Let me just remind you of something. People aren't attracted to the gospel that is presented with a perfect and flawless approach. They don't want perfect people. People that are lost are looking for people that are genuine, that have gone through the similar things that they've gone through and have found an answer to the problem. And that answer, my friends, is none other than Jesus Christ. Don't get caught up in whether your faith is strong enough to share the gospel. Just step out in faith and do it. Use the faith that you had. The Bible tells us that, that a, the, a faith of a mustard seed, just having that little bit of faith can move mountains. So if you've got that much faith, the faith of a mustard seed, and you can move mountains, my friends, there's nothing you cannot do for the Lord. Here's another thing that we need to remember. As you and I exercise our faith, no matter how small it is, guess what? Exercise is good for building the muscles. All right? Same thing with our faith. The more that we exercise, the more that we use it, the more that we depend upon it, the stronger it becomes. And that helps us to become more confident in walking with the Lord. So by not sharing your faith because you fear it's not strong enough, you're simply missing out on an opportunity for you to grow in your faith. My friends, it's time that we start exercising our faith instead of our fears. It's no wonder our fears are getting stronger and stronger because we're using them all the time. It's time that we start exercising our faith. Now, the third reason that I think many people struggle with sharing their faith is they say, I just don't know how to start a conversation. I don't know how to, I can talk about the weather. I can talk about sports. I can talk about this or that. But then how do I talk about, how do I bring that conversation to the gospel? Well, you know, we can take any conversation that we're in and find a way to bring God into it. Now, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be awkward. It shouldn't be clumsy. So, for those of you that have been in this situation, I want you to watch this next video. I watched several of those hilarious videos and this was my favorite so I had to share starting a conversation should not be difficult 
It should not be hard for you and I to, to share about something that we should be so passionate about. That we should say to the world, He did this for me. But I know that sometimes sharing our faith can be very difficult in getting that conversation going. It kind of never feels like the natural place to change the conversation from what we were talking about to our faith. But listen, there is absolutely no conversation, nothing that we can talk about that God does not have something to do with. If we will just allow the Spirit of the Lord to lead, we will see that every conversation has an open door to the gospel. We should not feel awkward and it should not feel forced. It should be natural for us to say, whatever it is, how good our God has been. It's really about paying attention to the conversation in which you're in. Paying attention to the opportunity. Every conversation has an opportunity to share the gospel. Somebody you're communicating with, whatever it is you're talking about, they typically will open the door for you. You don't have to open the door. They will open the door with something that they say that will allow you to be able to uh, interject how God has helped you or God has showed you or God has given to you. The key is to confidently steer the conversation in that direction when it's the right time. Now, just so that you understand, I have made many mistakes in doing this. You will make mistakes in doing this. It is not something that we are perfected at the beginning. It's something that we will perfect as we continue to do it. As we continue to use opportunities of conversation evangelism. Conversation evangelism is one of the great ways that we can connect with anybody, whether we know them or not. Alright? Now, I've talked about three reasons why we might be afraid to share the gospel. The truth of the matter is I could have spent the entire morning talking about excuses or reasons or fears, but I wanted to just give you three general ideas of why we're afraid. And then I wanted to take a few moments to talk to you about why we shouldn't be afraid. Why you and I don't have to be afraid according to God. So why shouldn't we be afraid to share the gospel? Well, the truth of the matter is God has left us with the responsibility and the privilege of sharing the gospel. The message of hope and salvation, God has said, you are to take to the world. Now, if God has instructed us to do that, do you not think that He will equip us to do that? Do you not think He will empower us to do that? He's never going to give us a task that He doesn't equip us to do. He says to us, I have called you to do it, and I have equipped you to do it. I've given you everything that you need. If someone were to ask you about Jesus, would you be able to clearly share the gospel message with them? If not, it's time to take the time to ask for help. That last clip at the end of it said, sharing your gospel shouldn't be hard and it shouldn't be awkward, let us help. 
I'm telling you this morning, if you cannot share your faith with someone, let us help. We can share with you some simple little steps that will help you to be able to share the gospel with anybody at any time. There are some ways in which you can do that. You do not have to live in fear, but you can walk by faith. If the answer is yes, you say, well, I've done it a few times, or I think I can do it, then the next step for you is to start doing it. Initiate those conversations. Use conversation evangelism to reach your neighbor. When you see them walking down the street, or when you see them across the fence, or when you see them out and about, take the time to have a conversation with them and steer that conversation to the goodness and greatness of God and then look for an opportunity to be able to ask them where they are spiritually so that you can have an opportunity to know how to share the gospel with them. If the answer is yes, hear me, then go ahead and start doing it. When you get past the fear and excuses that we all make and have, you'll be surprised at how fun it is to share the gospel with people. Now, I want to give you a few reasons why we shouldn't be afraid. First of all, love is greater than fear. Love is greater than fear. The Bible tells us in 1 John, the Apostle John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is made perfect in love. Listen, my friends, we should not be captivated by fear. We should be captivated by love. The very love that God has bestowed upon us, that He would send His only Son to die for us so that we could come out of sinfulness and darkness into His grace and into His righteousness and into His life. That same love that He has bestowed upon us should be the same love that we have for our neighbors. The desire for them not to continue to live in darkness, but to show the light of Christ. As John points out, fear has no, nothing to do with punishment or judgment. In the case of sharing our faith, we have a fear of creating ill will with our neighbors. Isn't that the truth? We think if I say something wrong, if I, if I share the gospel and they don't like it, then we're going to have a strained relationship as neighbors and it's going to be tough. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be... So maybe I better not share anything. Listen, my friends, do you love your neighbor? Well, I don't really even know him, so I'm not sure I love him. Well, listen, God says that we're to love everyone. Is he in everyone? Or is she in everyone? Yes, they are. And therefore, we're to love them in Christ. And out of that love, we should want to share the, the gospel with them. So John shares with us that we should not worry about uh, that fear that I'm going to cause a problem because love always wins over fear. In this case, what greater gift could we offer our neighbor or anyone than to be reconciled with God as long as we're sharing the gospel out of love we won't be forced it won't be forced and it won't be something that will cause people to be offended now will they reject it sure they absolutely can 
But listen, they cannot be offended with you because you shared the gospel out of love. Because what they're going to see is that I may not agree with what they're saying, but they loved me enough to tell me what I needed to hear or what they thought I needed to hear to help my life better. My friends, listen, love always wins out. We need not to uh, struggle with the fear of, uh, of the strain of a relationship. We must recognize that we need to love them enough that we're willing to share the gospel. Love is greater than fear. And secondly, we have help. Trust the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God has come to equip us and to be with us. The moment that you and I received Jesus Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit of God moved into our life. Why? So that He could be there to help us through everything that God calls us to do. His role is to serve God through us, to help us to accomplish a God-like life, to be righteous and holy before Him. The work of the Holy Spirit in us is to help us to do all that we are called to do. There are a lot of Christians who would love to share their faith, but the fear that they're uh, not prepared to answer the possible questions uh, makes them nervous, so they tell themselves that they will need a little bit more study. If I just study a little bit harder and a little bit longer, eventually I'll be able to share the gospel. But there's always more to learn. Listen, my friends, the Apostle Paul said, not that I've obtained already. What was he saying? At the end of his life, he said, listen, as long as I have served the Lord, I have found out that every day I find out I know less and less and need to know more and more. The truth of the matter is, Satan will always convince you that you don't know enough. God's always telling you, you know absolutely enough. If you know Him, you know enough. We need to recognize the gift of the Holy Spirit is not just there to convict us when we do wrong, but to help us whenever God calls us. He is there to be our guide and our, and, and our help. There's always more to learn. There's always something to hinder us, but yet the Holy Spirit is there to help us. When Jesus was warning His disciples... Before he, he left, he was warning them about trials and tribulations that they were going to experience after he was gone. He basically told them, and, and, and Luke's gospel in chapter 12, verses 11 and 12, listen to what he says. And when they bring you into the synagogues and unto the magistrates and the powers, the authorities, take no thought for uh, how or what things you shall answer or what you shall say. Now listen, I'm going to stop right there before I give you the, the great part of this. What Jesus is saying is that as a follower of Christ, when I'm gone, they're going to drag you in and they're going to accuse you and they're going to question you and they're going to ask you and they're going to try to trip you up and they're going to, to try to force you to deny your faith. And when they do, listen to what he says. I love this part because he gives us uh, the hope. He says, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in that same hour, at that moment, what you ought to say. So what is he saying? He's saying the Holy Ghost is in you, and when you need him to, he will speak for you. He will give you exactly what to say. 
So listen, if we can trust God in the most dire situations of our life, when we are in front of a, a court or when we're in front of a firing squad, can we not trust the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say to someone you say you know and you love? Let me tell you about Jesus. What a Savior He is. My friends, we need to trust the Holy Spirit not just for the, the fearful things, but for the things of faith. The third thing that I want to give you today, the final thing, is that we need to feel the fear and do it anyways. Okay? We need to feel that fear, that uncertainty, that apprehension. Why? Because that's what's going to let us know that we're not doing it in our own strength. But we're doing it through His strength. You see, the reality is Paul tells us in, as he was writing to the Corinthian church. In verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quiet you like men, be strong. Be strong. Hold on to the strength that is found in the Lord. Not in you. Fear is a requirement for bravery. You know, every person that I've ever heard interviewed that done something heroic, when asked, were you not afraid? Do you know the answer that they gave? I was scared to death. Well, then why'd you do it? Somebody had to do it. And I was there. You see, the reality is bravery never happens apart from fear. Fear is what motivates us to go and be brave. We wouldn't be brave if we didn't have any fear. We'd just be doing it normally. See, bravery comes out of overcoming the fear that we felt in the situation. We went forward even though we were afraid. My friends, we demonstrate bravery when we do something in spite of our fears. Unfortunately, when we're nervous about sharing our faith, we look for reasons not to share it, not reasons to share it. We're trying to convince ourselves that, oh, when, when, when I'm ready, then they will be ready. I'll just wait until I know enough so that I can answer all of their questions. Can I just remind you that you'll never know enough and you'll never answer all their questions? It's not going to happen. Did you remember the, the, the family that we had here last week? They, they made the statement that, that even though they've come to know Christ, they still got a lot of questions. And as a matter of fact, they got more questions today than they did before they came to know Christ. Why? Because the Spirit of God is opening up brand new things to them. Don't worry that you'll never have all the answers. That's the part of growing in their faith. Give them the answers that you have and the answers they need. How to come to know Jesus as personal Savior. How that He can take away their sins. How that He can secure them in a relationship with Him. We may be scared for a moment, but if we let the Spirit of the Lord move through us, we can move through our fears to accomplish God's work. Think about it like this. It's easier for God to use your worst attempt of sharing the gospel than to make no attempt at all. When you step out in faith, which tends to increase our, 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 
our fear of the unknown, but yet when we step out in faith in most things, not just sharing our faith. When we step out in faith to make a, a, a decision, family decision or whatever, we don't have all the answers. That's what it means to take a step of faith. We're trusting in that which we do not know, that which we cannot see, but that which we know has been faithful in the past. I heard on the radio yesterday a question, and it's been kind of rolling around in my head. There's a lot of space up there to do that. Don't laugh. But it was, if someone were to ask you, what is Jesus famous for? What would you say? Would you say that he was famous for miracles? Would you say that he was famous for walking on water? Would you say that he was famous for raising the dead? All those things are true. But the thing that the Lord inspired in me, encouraged me to think about, Martha, you talked about it this morning in prayer, his faithfulness. His faithfulness. The one thing that I know that God is famous for, his faithfulness. I may not be known for my famousness of faithfulness, but he is. He's always been faithful. And just as he's been faithful in the past, he will be faithful in the present and in the future. The most amazing testimonies come from people who have felt some measure of fear, but pressed forward and seen God do his work. And they stand in amaze. My friends, Satan will give you all kinds of reasons to be afraid. But God has given you everything that you need to take whatever fears you have and walk by faith and see God move. So let me close. The Apostle Paul knew unless someone tells them they will never know Paul made it his life's mission to go wherever he could and to tell whoever he had opportunity about who Jesus was and what he did for him. Today, we have an opportunity to not just pray, God, give me an opportunity, but to also take the opportunity to tell others about his love. Paul's life mission was to share the gospel. Our life mission should be to share the gospel. He understood the need for believers to communicate the good news to others. In the book of Romans, Paul wrote this in chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him of whom they have not yet believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have yet to hear? and have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now listen, for those of you that are going to use that excuse, see, I told you it wasn't my job, it's yours. That word preacher simply means to proclaim, to tell. It's not talking about a job or a profession, it's talking about an action. Go and tell. To respond to the gospel, people need to hear the gospel. 
That's where we come in. That's what God's called us to do. To go on commission with Him. To go into your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. But would you start at home? Would you start next door? Would you start on your street? Would you start in your community? Listen, I know a lot of people want to go around the world to share the gospel, but they haven't gone across the street. It's time that we recognize that, especially in the days we're living in right now, we can't go around the world. All foreign mission trips have been ceased this year. But I can go across the street. You can go across the street. You can reach your neighbor. I think what God is trying to tell us as a church, start at home. Start in your Jerusalem. Start building the kingdom of God where you live. The more you take the step forward, the more effective you will become at communicating what Jesus has done for you. So would you please be like a good neighbor and share the most important news that you have? Listen, how many of us, if we looked out our window and saw our neighbor's house on fire, would say, boy, somebody probably ought to tell them. Um, the place is burning down around them. Somebody probably ought to inform them. I wish one of the next door neighbors would go over there and tell them. As serious as it is to see a house burning, think about the lives that will be burning if we don't go tell them about Jesus. Take it serious, my friends, because Jesus did. He died for it. So be like a good neighbor. Give them the great news. Tell them how that they can be forgiven, how they can have a relationship with a Savior that loves them, and how that they will uh, be assured in their own lives for the rest of their life that they have a home in heaven that they're going to. Be like a good neighbor is your, your opportunity. It's your station. It's your position. We have been given the, the call. We have prayed the prayer. Now it's time for us to do the deed. Go share the gospel. Be not afraid, my friends, but walk in faith. God has given you the greatest power that you need. It is the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within you. Use Him, and He will use you for His glory. Let me pray for you that are here, those that are at home, and those that are sitting out in the car before we dismiss. If there is any way in which we can help you, our contact information is there on the screen for those of you at home and for those of you that are here, you know, call the office. Tell Josh or myself, will you just give me some tools that I can use? We will share with you. We will help you. And more importantly, we will pray for you that God will use you. Let me pray for you now. Father, I pray that as we close our time together today, Lord, my prayer is twofold.
First, if there's one that is listening within the hearing of my voice, either here in this room or out in the cars or, or Father, online who, uh, Father, does not know you as Savior. Lord, I pray that they would pray that simple prayer. Lord, I've, I, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus came as the, uh, the uh, virgin birth Messiah who lived a sinless life and died a sinless death, but took upon himself the sins of all the world so that I might uh, come to you through his righteousness. Lord, would they just ask, Lord, would you come in and be my Savior? Be my Lord. And then, Father, I pray that they would follow up with that, with calling us or, or following up with a, a, a trusted believer and say, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I need help to know how to walk with Him. Lord, I pray, Father, that they wouldn't just get saved and dropped, but they would get saved and grow. Grow in grace and knowledge so they could answer the questions that they have of their own heart so they'd be able to answer the questions that others have. Father, I pray for each one who is a believer, a follower of Christ. I pray that, Father, that not only would you give them opportunity, Lord, they have opportunity every day. We just don't see it. I pray that you'd open their spiritual eyes and their physical eyes to see the opportunities that you put in their path. And then, Father, give them the words through the work of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel, to start a conversation, to make a friend, to build a relationship that will allow them to tell others of the great things that Jesus has done for us. Now, Father, we ask that you would just go with us today. The Lord, given opportunity today, we might open our mouths and share the gospel. Lord, perhaps maybe it's to the neighbor next door. Perhaps it's to someone we meet on the street. Perhaps it's someone who we see at the grocery store. Even in these days when we are to be socially distanced, wearing a mask, covering our face, Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunity to share your love. And then, Father, to be able to testify of God's grace and mercy. For it is in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you for those that are watching online. May the Lord bless you. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is there.